Hello. Just a few more hours, H, and the finals will finally start. It's been a minute. I know you've seen what some members of the media have said. You've seen all the clamoring and all the hearsay from social media and other fans. Even in Man Laws and Third Rail, some of the groups you and I are in. On the record, your pick, who's going to win the NBA Finals? I got the Raptors, and I got the Raptors in five games. I'm consistent. I took the field, which would include the Raptors, but this is even more so when I look at the Raptors and how they can match up. I understand why Golden State is favored. They've been there. They're three-time champions. They've got MVPs. They've got a talented coach. I get all of that. And still, I like the matchups. I like what Toronto could do with their perimeter players, with Kawhi, with Siakam, Lowry, Danny Green, Powell. I think they're going to be able to switch. I think they're going to be able to disrupt some of the things that Golden State likes to do in terms of the body movement and the ball movement. Let me ask you this, though. How much will the benches of each team impact this series? I think the benches will determine the series. I'll say this. Uh, If Golden State can get what they can get out of Looney and, and all them other guys, you know, until that Houston and Portland series, I really didn't know who they bench was, but if they can get, effectiveness out of their bench, Golden State is going to win the series. Their bench for most of the season, for the entire season, they're ranked near the bottom in terms of production and points per game. But in game six versus the Rockets, and then in four games versus the Blazers, that bench averaged over 30 points a game. So I agree with this. If Golden State's bench can come close to the production that they got versus the Blazers, yeah, they're going to win the series, and it's going to be a short series. But I don't think that bench is going to average 30-plus points versus a Raptors team that's a much better defensive team, and the Raptors have a productive bench of their own when you look at what they get from Powell, when you look at what they get from Van Baca. Not to mention, right, Van Fleet. I like the Raptors bench. I think the Raptors have the more productive bench. I think their bench is more explosive. And I think at some point, Golden State's bench is going to come back to earth. The truth of the matter is, if Golden State's bench plays more to what they normally are, their normal production, Steph and Clay can both have 30-point games, and they could still lose. Yeah, I know. Um, and I was just thinking about this, man. Um, I know when everybody said when they go small with the Hampton five, what what um what can Toronto do? And I just thought about this. They, when they, instead of like they can go small and they can um put Van Fleet in the lineup to match the Hampton five. Sure. Like Van Fleet. 
Kyle Lowry, um, Danny Green. They can. You can put can, you can put Siakam at you can put Siakam at five. Yeah. Now, now you can put Ibaka at the five, but if you really want to be fast, Siakam's like six nine, six ten. He could be five. He could play the five. You made a good point to me earlier. Yes, people are going to look at Steph and Clay because they get the buckets. But the guy that you think Toronto needs to disrupt, Toronto needs to control, is Draymond. Mm-hmm. Is that because of his ability to push the ball, speed up the tempo? Um, because if that is the reason, I agree with that. I think that he's he he didn't get pushed versus the Rockets this time. And he definitely didn't get – he had no matchup in the Portland series. Here's the thing that people get confused with. They look at how quickly they dispatched Portland, and, they're, and they want to say at the same time that the West is deeper than the East. Yes, the West is deeper than the East top to bottom. But at the very top of each conference, the East is the deeper team. If you put the Sixers versus Portland – Sixers win that series. You put yeah. Milwaukee versus Portland, Milwaukee wins that series. Same for the Raptors. And even with all their dysfunction, if Boston. you put the Celtics up against Portland, Boston win that series. Portland was a team that overachieved because they had two gifted guards who got them there. But they never had a lot of depth. They have no firepower. We've talked about this before in their starting lineup. They have three non-scorers. When you go up against a team like Golden State, one of the first things you have to be is, one, versatile. Two, you have to be able to get buckets. Portland started off handicapped, one hand tied behind their backs, because three of their starters, they're not scorers or shooters. Game over. And then they front – and when they front crawled, they transitional defense was horrible, man. You that know what? Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. Let me let me just piggyback on that point because that's a big key in these finals. Transition defense. If Toronto's transition defense is on point, they're going to be able to set up their half-court defense and make Golden State work for everything. If you make Golden State work for everything, if Stephen Clay can't just come clean and take practice jump shots like they did versus the Blazers, their legs are going to go. They're going to get tired. They're going to get worn down because versus this team, they're also going to have to play defense. Mm-hmm. I like Kyle Lowry being able to go back at Steph because I think he will go up at Steph. I like the fact that you can say you're going to guard Kawhi with, with you can say you're going to guard him with Draymond with Clay. I don't think you can guard Kawhi Leonard single coverage with anybody. And if Golden State single covers him, thinking they can slow him down with one man, that's that's barbecue chicken. It's a wrap. Yeah. My guess is they'll try different defenders on him. But if they can't slow him down, they're going to have to double him. And when they do, and they're going to have to, when they do, then it's on Lowry, it's on Danny Green, it's on Siakam, Mark Gasol, Van Fleet, Powell, to make open shots. Yeah. I think – I think, and here's another thing. We talk about this, and the media talks about this all the time. 
let me ask you this. The KD factor, how much how much does KD weigh over this series, whether he plays or not? Um, the reason why I'm picked in the Raptors in five, because, um, without, I, I, I don't think that the, um, the Warriors can beat any, can beat, um, the Raptors without Kevin Durant. I think offensively, Golden State's going to miss him the most, obviously. In in a tight game with Kawhi, Garden, Steph, and sometimes at times Clay, when you're able to load up and kind of like disrupt that pick and roll action, the one guy you can throw the ball to that doesn't need a pick and roll is Durant. He could create his own shot, and then he does something that as great as Steph and um, Clay are shooting wise. They don't really do the they don't really do the mid-range game. They don't that's do the not- mid-range game and they can't make you pay by getting to the foul line a lot. Mm-hmm. That's not a big part of their games. More times than not, everything they do is perimeter oriented. And if you can make Clay shoot jump shots on the move, his percentage in terms of effectiveness and efficiency, it takes a big drop. It's one thing for him to be able to just catch and rise up because he's mo- he's basically money when he can do that. But if you can make him put it on the floor or you can hard contest, he's a different person. He's a different player. You know, I, I to me, I, I feel like um, the, to me, if I was doing the defense, I would stop. I would focus on Draymond, and I would focus on Clay. I'll let Steph do his thing, man. I think because he can score, but how can I say this? Um, to me, when Draymond was pushing the ball and and getting everybody involved, to me, he was more impact than um, Steph Curry, man. I thought Draymond, honestly, was the best player in the Portland series. I know Steph averaged 36 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. Those are big numbers. But a lot of those points that he got, they were generated by Draymond's pushing, by Draymond speeding up the tempo. Not to mention, Draymond's one of the best pit set up in terms of setting picks. He's one of the best pick setters in the NBA. And when he sets a pick and they do that, they do that 4-2 or 4-1 pick and roll, that's one of their best plays. When Clay and Steph come off and they do that split action and then you have to react to either one of them, and if you don't react hard enough, especially with your bigs, if your bigs sit back and go under, it's a wrap. That, that's a layup for them. You have to hard contest and you have to stay in the Steph and, and um, Clay's body. And in Draymond's case, you have to make Draymond a shooter. Yeah. Not not layups, not dunks in the half court set because he he doesn't have a handle where he breaks you down off the dribble. He can he has a handle where he can push the ball and finish an open open floor. But in the half court set, he's got a deliberate handle. You have to make Draymond think. You have to make him become more of a shooter. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, that's why we, when we was having that earlier um, conversation, like early in the week, I was like, you got to make Draymond think, man. It's like this. These last um 
like the last five games and stuff, he hasn't really, you know, he just reacted. You know, he don't, you know, like usually he'd be at the three-point line and then he sit there and he'll look and he'd be wide open. Really hesitant. Yeah. And I, I, I'm with you. When you watched how he played versus the Blazers, everything was natural. Ev- everything was in rhythm. Even when he took a three, he didn't hesitate. He just shot it without thinking. Um, when he can play that way, that's when I think he's an all-star. The truth of the matter is, a lot of times he doesn't play that way. A lot of times when you challenge him, when you can like when when you disrupt what they're doing and they're not flowing and the pressure is for him that he has to score, they're a completely different team. I I really believe Steph can average 30 points a game for the series and they could still lose in 5 games because you could still get into clay and you need Draymond like without KD, you're basically trying to make up for 30 plus points. Yeah. And I know they're going to say, well, this isn't Giannis. Giannis plays in the paint. Steph and Clay play on the perimeter. They do, but they don't really create their own shots. Most of their actions, most of their buckets come from pick and roll, pick and pop situations that they create a lot of times in transition. Again, transition defense. If the Raptors run, and, and by running, that means a lot of times, look, Marcus Saul's not going to be able to be on the floor unless he's going up against the second unit because – He's not going to be able to get back in transition, especially if Draymond's playing the five. And if Draymond's playing the five, the only way Mark Gasol can stay in the game is if he goes into the post and wears Draymond out. Mm-hmm. He's got to make him pay for guarding him. If he can't do that, then he can't play in this series. I think Toronto's the deeper team. And I think because they're the deeper team, to the point that you made earlier, I think that's going to be the separation. If both benches play to form the Raptors separation is going to come with their second unit yeah yeah because when they when they use that unit when that 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 group when they just have clay when they just have clay and a bunch of rope when you know a bunch of nobodies right when when clay and cooker on the floor you can't let that you can't let them play you even I'm blitzing Clay. I'm sitting every, and the thing about it is, Clay don't have a handle, and he's an average passer at best. I'm blitzing Clay. I'm making him give it up. If Cook and Looney, um, Jarebko, and and the rest of those dudes beat me, let's see. Yeah, so be it. Right. I, I, but I'll live with that. Then Clay and Steph hitting me with, you know, their own personal eighteen to three run because we let them get free, and they both shot a couple of threes, and before you know it. They're on a run, and you're calling timeout because guys have missed coverages or assignments. The helper has to help the helper. Simple as that. The help has to help the helper, vice versa. You have to switch everything. And, and again, I think Kawhi, Siakam, both long, both have seven-foot-three reaches. They have that kind of length with their arms. Then you factor in Danny Green's length. You factor in what Powell can do. He's like six six and athletic. What Ibaka can do as a weak side defender, I think Ibaka can be really big in this series. I'm not discounting the fact that Golden State has been here before and this is Toronto's first time. What I am saying is this idea that Golden State is a buzzsaw 
that's just going to walk right through Toronto. I don't see that. I just don't see that. You know, when when we were sitting there and we was talking earlier, and I was telling you, you know, I was like, at, you know, quest, ask you a question. I said, don't this feel, you know, don't this series get a feel like that Pistons-Lakers series? It does. So you got the Lakers, and I remember that as a Laker fan. I thought, you know what, Detroit's a really good defense team, but they didn't have a lot of offensive firepower. They didn't. Most of their games, they played into the 80s. I thought, they're not going to be able to slow us down. So even if they do their thing, we're going to win. We'll, we'll score 90. And their defense was so on point, and the way they rebounded and played transition defense was so on point. The Lakers, they kept the Lakers in the 80s sometimes. There was one game. I think Detroit had like 85 points. The Lakers had 65 points. That was for the yeah. whole game. They held them to 65 points. That was game. That was the fight. That was like the um. That might have been the last game of the series. That was the last game, right? And, yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was so depressed. But and I'm not saying Toronto plays defense at that level, but I am saying they have a lot of wing players who can switch everything. Even if you get Lowry, who's only about six feet or six one, on Clay Thompson, who's like six seven, it's not like Clay has a wicked handle and he can blow by Lowry because he can't. Could he post him up? Maybe, but he's not going to be able to move him. Strength wise, Kyle Lowry's just like Chris Paul. You ain't moving him. Um, I think Toronto's going to have a lot of cross matchups. And so the cross matchups, the way that works is when there's a rebound on the other end of the floor, they create their own mismatches. You might have Draymond on Kawhi. People think Draymond's a great defender. I would say that what he is is he's a great team defender. He is not a great individual defender. Um, he does better with bigs than he does perimeter players. Put Draymond on a perimeter player with a live handle, and he'll get eaten up. He just He's just not that good an individual defender. He's much better when he can roam. I'm not discounting the Warriors. I respect what they did. And this isn't hate. To me, I came into this season thinking they were a lesser version of themselves. And that was before KD got hurt. And it's easy for me to say, of course, Toronto would still win with KD. I, I actually don't believe that. I've heard other people say even if KD played, Toronto would win. I don't, I don't know what they're smoking. But if Kevin Durant is healthy, and that's a humongous if because the man's still limping, but if he can get – let's say he's 95% for game three, then what you have to be concerned with as a Warrior fan, you're excited that he might play in game three, but what about the rust? Do you really, in the conditioning, you really think he's just going to jump right back in and drop 30? Because I think that's asking a lot. Mm -hmm. My guess is, my gut feeling is, that injury, yes, they've, they've admitted it's a lot more serious than they initially thought. My gut feeling is he's not playing this series. I don't think he plays at all. And this idea that there's pressure for him to play, that's ridiculous. That makes no sense. There's no pressure for Kevin Durant to play. And and if a man's not 100% healthy, and he, he definitely is. doesn't feel any pressure. You can't make me go out there and I'm I'm lesser than I was. Why would and you risk that going into free agency that you could injure that. further? That's that That makes no sense. If you're not healthy, you go out there and you actually explode your Achilles because you're trying to like like be a hero. That's not smart. Anything less than a hundred percent of him, he should sit. Period. Don't care what yeah. anybody thinks. 
And plus, he can always tell Draymond. He said, remember what you said earlier, man? We won without you. So you should be straight. Right. And and so people hate when they, people bring that up because they'll go, oh, yeah, they did, but that's in the past. True. Look, the bottom line is, yes, they won a title without him. And you could throw up that weird number that people love to throw up there, 29-1 and one, when KD sits and Steph plays. And yeah, but there's a lot of weird factors that come into that. Who was injured? What lineups? Who were they playing against? But more importantly, all I know is this. Before KD, they went to two finals, one and one. After KD, they went to two finals, two and oh. And he's a two times finals MVP. Those are the numbers that carry more weight to me than anything. Of course, they need Kevin Durant. And no, I didn't think they needed Durant to beat the Blazers. A lot of people thought you saw what they were able to do without. They didn't need him. They came into that series with two players better than the Blazers' two best players. Clay and Steph are better than CJ and Dame. And I don't want to act like I'm a Dame. I love Dame Lillard. But if we're keeping it 100, aren't CJ and Dame a watered-down version of Clay and Steph? They're a lesser version of them, even though even though CJ does have a live handle. But my point is, in terms of impact and efficiency, they're not as impactful or efficient. And Clay is a good defender. Neither Dame or CJ are good defenders. And if you saw that series, it was on display for the world to see. Yeah, they don't play a lot of defense. <laughs> but I digress. Your pick. You got Raptors in five. I got Raptors. I, I can't I, – I'm, I'm confident in my pick. I just can't put a number on it. You want to put, put a number on it. You just don't want to. I'd like to put four. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't predict. What I do, what I do believe is if, I, if you're picking the Raptors, like you were picking the Raptors, like I'm picking the Raptors, like Jalen Rose got on board with us a couple of days ago. He's picking the Raptors. I don't feel too good when Max Kellerman jumps on board because he's wrong most of the time. But I, I just think that ultimately Toronto – comes into this series with the best player in the series and they come into this series with the deeper team and I think that a lot of things that you saw versus the Blazers you should really really pay attention to yes they swept them but look inside those sweeps what do you think is going to happen if Golden State get down by 17 versus the Raptors they're not walking the Raptors down like they did the Blazers because unlike the Raptors the Blazers' best player, or, or, or the, the Raptors' best player, unlike the Blazers, he's 6'7". He can get in the post. He can get to the foul line. He has a mid-range jump shot. It's totally different when you're guarding Kawhi Leonard versus hedging off on a 6'1", 6'2", Damian Lillard. I like the Raptors in this series. You like the Raptors. Most of the people we know, they're totally li- laughing at us. You know that. We've seen it in some of the groups we're in and stuff. And that's fine, like I said. That's the brilliance of sports. We make our picks and then we live with the results. Yeah, the ball, yeah, the ball movement and uh, the joy and you know. <laughs> yeah, the ball movement and the joy. Um, but real quick, let me ask you one more thing. 
I don't think he's going to play this series. What are your thoughts on Kevin Durant playing this series? To me, if I'm him, I mean, you know, you up for free agency, you know, you, this is probably your last, you know, your last good contract. If he injured, why risk it? And it's there it like, is. It's not like he, he didn't win a championship before, you know. He's won two, so what he has to prove. There it is. I'm with you. Look, we did a quick show. It's H, Mo, it's the Cypher. We're going to put this out here as quick as we can on Man Loss so we, we can let the brothers attack us for our opinions, and then and the I'll, finals will start tonight, and we'll go from there. I'll say this, man. If the Raptors had Dion Waiters, well, Dion or Al Horford, and it's a wrap. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. Al's a good player. I'm kidding. Um, but it's a cipher. You know what? Me and H are gonna do in between the finals. We'll do some. We'll do some shows where we talk about what we saw in between games. We'll do that way. Sound good, H? No doubt. All right, it's the Cypher, next time.